0: Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Scripture, reading. Surely we Truly, we bring you again greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're truly thanking God Almighty for blessing us to be here on today. Truly, the Lord is good, and he is worthy to be praised. I want to call your attention, you to have your Bible. You can follow along with me. Uh, in the uh, 25th chapter of the book of Genesis, Genesis 25, uh, we're going to begin reading at verse 19. Through 34, and I want to use for a subject matter. I like to use subjects so it's not hard for you to remember uh, which way I went or what I talked about. And uh, using for a subject, the struggle is real. Can somebody say that? The struggle is real, it really is. You think about it, the struggle is real. I don't want nobody to think that it's not real. It's, it's real out here. So much is going on in our world today. So much is happening. We have to believe that the struggle is real. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures of the Bible uh, that the Lord said and let us know the struggle is real. And the reason why this struggle is real We'll see that as we get down into the pages of the Bible. Uh, In chapter 25, verse number 19, I'm reading from King James Version. I'll quote a few scriptures from the NIV. But, But chapter 25 and verse number 19, praise God, praise God. Look at verse number 19, and it says, These are the generations of Isaac. Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. We all are familiar with that story. Abraham, the father of faith, father of all of us. When we think about Abraham, it all started with Abraham, our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. It was through Abraham that our Lord and Savior came into this world. Uh, of course, we know our Lord and Savior always exists. But he was on a spiritual form. Mm -hmm. But when he decided to come into the world to redeem man, he took upon the form of a man. I thank God for Jesus. He know how to talk to us. Because if a spirit spoke to us from out of the sky and said, Thomas, you need to get yourself together, son. We all run up out of here. Mm -hmm. So the Lord said, I'm going to go down and redeem man. I'm going to talk to him I'm going to give my life for them That they might have the right to the tree of life So uh, it was through Abraham And his family and his children Our Lord and Savior chose that family To bring our Lord into this world As a human being And walk this earth Thirty and three and a half years He was 33 33 and a half years old When they crucified our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ He was 30 years old when he became a minister. Somebody said, well, of course, he was preaching before then. He was preaching and teaching when he was 11 years old. In the temple confounding the doctors and the lawyers talking about God, the kingdom of God, and my father's kingdom. He was 11 years old. That's, That's pretty young to be preaching, isn't it? But it's not young for the Lord. But anyway, he was 11 years old when he started preaching. But he was 30 years old when he was old enough to be a minister because according to the law you had to be 30 years old to be a priest. They wouldn't ordain a, a young minister. You couldn't be ordained at 15, 20. You had to be at least 30 because of figure at age 30 you know which way you want to go. You you pretty much level headed and you, and you got yourself pretty much together. So you had to be at least 30. I've known ministers now are ordained earlier than that. and uh, But you know that's a whole nother story but anyway at age 30 he was old enough to be uh ordained minister and he became our minister our high priest and so uh these are generation of Abraham uh the son uh Abraham uh begat Isaac in verse 26 and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife of course uh, Isaac being 40 years old he married his uh his wife Rebekah the daughter of uh, 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 Bethusia, uh, the Syrian, uh, Pandaram, the sister to uh, Laman, the Syrian. Y'all see verse 21? And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. He petitioned God, said, Lord, I thank you for my wife. And he went to God in prayer for his wife. And they wanted a child. And they went on to say, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceded. it is something here. Here a man went to God in prayer. The so, Lord, you bless me with a wife. I thank you for her. Now uh, I really want children, but she can't have any. And so he went to his wife. He went to God in prayer for his wife, verse 21. And he entreated the Lord for his wife uh, because she was buried. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, His wife conceives. Verse number 22, we're talking about the struggle is real, y'all. Verse 22 says, and and the children, they struggled together within her. He went to God for to bless them with a child, a child or with children down the road. But notice what God did. The children, you asked me to bless my wife that she might be able to conceive and God said, and the children struggled within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. So here is, she said, well, Lord, you, you bless me. I'm, I'm with a child now. I'm pregnant. And you, you bless me to be able to conceive. Well, but really, what's going on? Because I thought that uh, I just had one child in my womb. But the Lord talked to her and said, Let me tell you what's going on, uh, Rebecca. And verse 23 said, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. Y'all see that? He's told Rebecca, here's what's going on. There was a struggle going on in her womb, but she didn't understand the, the turning and the tossing and the and the kicking and the whatever the going on inside of her. She just didn't understand it. Uh this baby was was acting some kind of way. But the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in your womb. You're pregnant with two nations. And he said, And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. So the Lord is letting Rebecca know that you, you got you got two nations inside of you. And what's going on is two nations, it's two kinds of people, and I want you to understand what God is trying to tell us right here. I'm talking about the struggle is real. You see where we're going when we get further down into the deck. The struggle really is real. So the the beginning of understanding the struggle is she's, she's pregnant with twins, okay? Now notice, we go further. Verse 24, and when her day of, uh, to be delivered was fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. There it is. Verse 25 says, and the first came out, he was red. I had a brother, we used to call him red because he was red. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. Verse 26 says, and after that came out, his brother, another brother came out, and his hand took hold on Esau, heels, and his name was called Jacob. And Jacob was three score years old when she bared them. Here Jacob 60 years old. Remember they got married when they was 40. But the promise came, amen, some years later, didn't it? He was 60 years old when he got his boys. Verse 27 says, and the boys grew. And Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Now, the difference between these two boys, Esau and Jacob, these twin, you know, uh, I think every parent all really take note of their children. They do. You, you know the difference between all your children. All of them you got, you know. This one act this way. This one is better than that one, and this one really give me a whole lot of trouble. Most parents they know their children, but here he's describing these boys and what they were. Esau, he was a a hunter. Loved to go hunting some deer. Just hunted wild game. Esau did. He was a mighty cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tent, meaning that Jacob was a man, he just liked to hang around the house. See, he lived in tent, so he didn't go anywhere. He was he was a he stayed home with mom and daddy, just didn't get out. So you notice these these two boys here. One was a hunter, outdoors person, and the other one, he just loved to hang around the house. Verse 28 says, And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. That's something interesting, isn't it? Here is, uh, uh, Jacob was crazy about Esau because uh, Esau loved to eat his cooking, loved his father's cooking. He cooked this type of stew, and Esau loved that type of stew that his father uh, put together. But Re- but Rebecca, she loved Jacob so. You know, it's okay. You love this son and I love that son. But, you know, you got to be very, very careful, careful parents, not to make a big difference in your children so much so that they really notice it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. Sometimes it's very, very noticeable in family or uh, the, who the parents love. Oh, this my boy right here. Oh, this a daddy girl right here. Amen. What you get to do that for me minute for uh, This is a daddy girl right here. This is some this is a mama's boy right here. And you have to be very, very careful because sometimes our children can notice how we feel or uh, about them. And so here, uh uh uh, uh one loved uh, uh Esau, Isaac loved Esau, and, and Rebecca she loved Jacob. Verse 29 said, and Jacob he saw pottage. He was cooking pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint. He was hungry, hungry for hunting all day in the fields, Out there all day long, trying to trying to catch something, trying to kill something. And he was just tired. And verse 30 says, And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Verse 31 says, And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. You know, that's something to think about right there. Here, Esau was tired from hunting all day, wanted something to eat. He said, Feed me that same porridge that my dad made. Make me this stew, the same stew that dad made. Because I'm tired. Hunting all day. Jacob had something else in mind. So Jacob, being the youngest, Jacob said, I'll make you this stew. But I need you to sell me uh, your birthright. Everybody understands the birthright. The oldest child is the one to get, uh, he's entitled to the birthright. He get most of the wealth, most of the inheritance in the other family. Other children might get a little something, something. But the oldest, will. he he got most of the things that his father, his parent would leave behind. But Esau uh, was the oldest, and Jacob being the younger, he said he took advantage of uh, Esau Uh, Because he was hungry. He said, Well, I'll make you this pottage. But here's what I need you to do. Sell me your birthright. Everything that you're entitled to, give it to me. Verse 32 said, And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point of death, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? Well, I'm about to die. I'm starving. I'm hungry. A birthright won't do me no good right now. Verse 33 said, And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swear unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. This is the beginning of the struggle. You deceive me. You, my brother, you should have fed me anyway. You saw I'm about to die. But here you want to take advantage of what I was entitled to. Sometimes people take advantage of your, kind, your kindness for weakness. This is my opportunity to get what I really, really want. You need something, and I got it. And you got some that I want. So we, we can trade places right here. And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swear unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Verse 34 said, and Jacob gave Esau bread and polish of lineage, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The struggle is real. And the Lord told Rebekah, he said, in your womb is two nations. And when I think about these two nations that was in uh, uh, Rebecca's womb, it made me think about what's going on in our world today. Two nations. We're, we're really living uh, in one nation that divided and seem like there's two nations. Our world is so divided today. It's divided about our existence and our future as a people. The politicians, they, they have us divided, the left versus the right. Religion have us divided about what we believe and what not to believe. Then we have the atheists, they say, what's the big deal? There's no God anyway. So we are really a, a divided nation. And when I look at our country, I hear different politics say, well, I, I said this before, when they said, well, uh, 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 the people have spoken. This is what the people want. That's one nation. And then, uh, uh, but this don't speak for everybody. Because one side want to go this way, and the other side, the laws want to go this way. So really, America is a divided country. Y'all follow what I'm saying? We are so divided because of religion, the Muslims, they think that uh, uh, their goal is to conquer the world and everybody going to be Muslim, Islam. If you don't want to be Islam, that's their goal, is to destroy every religion on planet earth and everybody going to worship Allah. That's their ultimate goal. Okay. Then we have all kind of reasons. You got the Baptists. You got the Methodists. You got the Jehovah Witness. You got the Church of Christ. You got the Church of God in Christ. You got the Holiness Apostles. We are we are so divided. We're so divided. So we're really it's really America. I, I, I think about this sometimes, and I, I've said that I say, you know, really, there's two America. There's America that they want, and then then there's the uh, America that the other side want. But really actually it's one America but but actually there's two but there's one There's only one nation but we're so divided as to which way we should go as a nation And here God told uh, uh uh rebecca he said in your womb are two nations you 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 carry two sons you carry esau and you carry jacob jacob is one nation and in esau is one nation and they both different one from the other one esau want this jacob want that and this is the way our world is today we are so divided but the struggle is real so i'm understanding now uh how uh the problem that we have in life uh, exists is because the struggle is real, even so much in our family. The husband and the wife, the struggle is really is real, even in our families. Yes, where the husband want to, he want to serve the Lord, and the wife don't. I can identify with that. I, my my brother, some years ago, I can identify with my brother in law and my 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 sister. I remember my brother in law. He drank, he drank uh, like a sailor. Every weekend, dear brother-in-law was just drunk. And I mean, I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about sloppy drunk. Did that for years, for years, 15, 20 years, just drunk. Just drunk. My sister complained about him drinking. Why don't you quit drinking? Tired of you drinking. But you know what, one day, uh, the Lord came he appeared to my brother-in-law and talked to him. He told me about it. He said, Thomas, I want to show you something. Else. And he wrote it down, wrote down what, uh, a letter. He said, "This is a, I had a dream and this is what the Lord told me in my dream. I'm going to let you read the letter. And in the dream, he just shared with me a lot of things that the Lord uh, told him. Anyway, the Lord appeared to him and the, and the visitation was so strong, it shook him to the core. This man stopped drinking and went to church with my mom. We all was a member of Union Grove Baptist Church right over there on Arrows. And uh, he went to church and gave his life to the Lord. Stop drinking. And Lord, what did he do that for? He stopped drinking, joined the choir. Later on, the Lord made him a minister around the church. In the church, he was one of the ministers there. Anyway, and I, I, I was saying myself, I said, "Well, he drunk 20-something years drinking. Seemed like to me, my sister would really be happy. He done gave his life to the Lord, but but she really wasn't because she drank too. But she she was sort of like a social drinker. She just drank a little beer every every weekend. She get her beer, and she drank it. She didn't get drunk. Never seen my sister drunk, but she drank her beer and she smoked her cigarettes." But when my brother gave his life to God, I mean, he gave it all to God. He came all the way to God. My sister didn't like that because that means he stopped drinking. He wanted her to stop too. And so here they are going to church now and and he would talk to her. He, my sister's name, Ethel. We call her Pop. You know, in the country, everybody got a nickname. Her nickname was Popcorn. When a lot of them called them Popcorn. I just call her Pop, 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 Pop. So anyway uh uh instead of her being happy that he gave his life to the Lord, she was upset because as he gave his life to the lord now he he's he's petitioning her, Why don't you give your life to the Lord? Why don't you stop all this drinking stop all this smoking because it's it's only it's hurting you and she was angry at him. Because he gave his life to the Lord and gave up all the drink and gave up all the Budweiser, gave up all, all the, you, 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 you name all the brands that they drink, gave up it all and, and came and gave his life to the Lord. The struggle is real. And so there was a struggle right in their family. He wanted to do the right thing and she wasn't ready to do the right thing. So. I can identify with that. The struggle is real. Two nations is in her womb. The husband is ready to give his life to the Lord, but the wife is not. The wife is ready to give her life to the Lord, but the husband says, I'm not ready to do all that right now. The struggle is real. It's real at your house. It's real at my house. It's real all over the world. Listen, when I gave my life to Jesus, my family wasn't so happy with me. They weren't so happy. seemed like they should be happy. I'm doing the right thing now I'm walking I'm going I'm walking straight and narrow. I love me, some Jesus, but they wouldn't happy. No, not at all. but listen to what the Lord said. He said, in your nation, in your womb is two nations. I want to go just a little bit before that. I want to show you uh, why there's two nations. Somebody said, why is the struggle like this? I'm going to show you, and I want to paint this picture of you today. The reason why the struggle is real, Jesus came to make the struggle real. Look at the book of St. Luke. Turn there with me. In your, in your womb uh, is it, two nations, two different people. This is why the struggle is so real. St. Luke Luke, the 12th chapter. Ain't going to be long this morning. Sing Luke, the 12th chapter. And look at verse number 49. Here's what the Lord said. What, what, what makes the struggle is real is when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, people really have a problem with you. The reason why they are fighting so over in Israel now is because the people, they have a problem with religion. They have a problem with the Christian. They have a problem with uh, the, the, the Jewish people who's of the lineage of Abraham and of the lineage of coming from Jesus Christ. They got a problem with that. Verse 49 said, Jesus, verse uh, Luke uh, uh, 12 and 49, y'all said He said, I am come to set fire on earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? So what the Lord is saying in verse 49, he said, I came to set this world on fire. People don't understand. They think Jesus came into the world to make friends and make peace with everybody. Jesus came to, to set the world on fire. Y'all see what I'm saying? He really came to set the world on fire. I'm going to show you. As we read further into the scripture, you understand which way I'm going. He said, I came to set fire on the earth. And when you give your life to Jesus, I'm telling you, you don't start a fire now. When my brother-in-law gave his life to the Lord and stopped drinking, man, he started a fire right there in his house. I mean, the fire is burning. Verse 50 said, but I have a baptism to, to baptize with, and how am I straight until uh, it is accomplished? Verse 51 makes a real plain. Suppose you that I am come to give, to give peace on earth. Y'all see it? Jesus said, you, you think I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, no. Nay, me, no. No, but rather division. So here, now, in, in, in the King James Version, King James and my Bible, I don't know what y'all see on top of it, but the top of my Bible, King James, said Christ brings division. Christ brings division. Now, in the NIT Bible, it, 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 it says, Christ caused division. And this is the struggle that we have in our life. It's it's all about choosing Jesus Christ. He said, you suppose that I come to give peace on the earth? No. I tell you, I came to bring the vision. Listen to verse 52. For for from his four there shall be five in one house. Let me read it again. For from his four there shall be five in one house divided. Y'all see it? Three against two and two against three. One house. Why? Because of making the decision to serve Jesus Christ. Y'all see what I'm saying? The struggle is real. When you give your life to Jesus, this is why the devil gets so mad when people want to come to church and go to church and give their life. The devil, it, stir, it just stirs the devil up. The devil is on fire. He's upset. Oh, I'm losing. I'm, I'm, I'm losing, bro. James, now, oh, I got to do something. He can't let you get away, man. I can't let James go. I got to do something. He's one of my big clienteles. So the devil go about to stir up the in your house, on your job, With your family, why you go to church so much? When I was going to church, we went to church uh, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Four times a week, we we went to church. We went to church, and I loved going to when I was young. And my family said, why you go to church so much? It don't take all that. But to me, it took that and some. To keep this old boy straight, it took that answer. More. I need, I need to live at the church. <laughs> Just make me a room back there to get all that stuff up out of me, being a teenager. But notice what he said here. He said, uh, verse fifty-one: Suppose you that I am come to uh, to give peace on the earth. I tell you no, but rather division. From for from his fall there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. Verse 53 said, the father shall be divided against the son, the son shall uh, uh, against the father, the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Why are they divided? It's all because of Jesus. When one chooses Jesus, you're going to lose a lot of friends. Folk are going to get mad at you. My sister told me I wanted him to stop drinking, I want him to go to church, but I didn't want all that. You know, a beer every now and then won't hurt you, but no, when 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 the Lord said when clean them up, he cleaned them up. And see, when when God, when God really come into your life, he don't come in there to play, he come in really to clean you up. Somebody said, Lord, I thank you for cleaning me up. But some folks they don't want to be clean all the way up. They they just they just want to be satisfied, you know. With a a, a little this and a little that, and so he said, uh, "The father-in-law, the father gonna be against the son, the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law, the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. It's just gonna be division. Why is there division? If Jesus came to bring division, when when you accept Jesus into your heart, when you let him into your life, you you really the the fight is on. Y'all hear what I'm saying?" The fight, the struggle is on the moment you allow Jesus to come into your life. You, 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 you may you, you and your family may have been getting along just fine. Go to church. Just go to church and get involved in church. The devil will give your family all kind of reason why are you going to church. You, you, you all stay home today with me. You know. Oh, oh, you just wait, uh, sister. So, so if, if he had not asked you that yet, he will ask you. Oh, baby, you went to church last, son. I want you to stay home with me today. See, that's the devil working right there. Y'all got to know how the devil working. See, he, the devil pull you right back out of there. And that's what he, he's after all of us. You know, the Lord told Peter, he's a Simon Peter, Satan desire to have you. He my sip your wheat. God. Want you to do something for him. God has a purpose for all of us and has a purpose in all of our life. But the devil don't want you to walk in that purpose. The devil got plans for you too. He got plans and God got plans. He has plans. And so uh we have to be very, very careful and, and not be ignorant of Satan's devices. So the struggle is real. And I want you to understand, I pray for all your if you if you as you strive to take a stand for Jesus, I pray for you mightily. Because your own family gonna come against you. Your own family gonna accuse you of things. Your own family, they, they're not gonna understand what you're all about. Why you gotta go to that church? It's a church over here. All of them not alike. You can go to some of them and you just don't get nothing. And you I mean, it may have a big choir and a and, and of members, but but you just get you just get, you know. Some entertainment, you may not get no understanding uh, of God's word and and what God is all about. But if, if you want some understanding, you got to go where some teaching is being taught. Y'all follow what I'm saying? You got to go where some good teaching is being taught, and your by your mind and understanding will come more open to God and God's word than ever before. We need we need the word of God. Am I making sense to anybody? Let me go just a little bit further. I'm, all, I'm almost done. But but I want you to understand that the struggle is real. I understand it. I understand it. When I came, I thought I had some friends, but when I came to Jesus, a lot of my friends I thought were my friends, they went the other way. They went the other way. And I had a lot of friends. I, I played sports in school, but when I came to the Lord, they went the other way because they, they want me to continue what we were doing, what we had going on. They, they liked it there. Let's keep doing what we're doing, man, hanging out on Friday, hanging out on the corner with our pants hanging down. Now, some of y'all probably don't know a lot about that. Back in the days when men used to hang out on the corner with the pants, we used to wear silk underwear back then. Now they just wearing cotton, Lunar tune. <laughs> We, we used to wear silk underwear, silk t-shirts, silk shorts, and, and we took pride in wearing our Levi jeans with our pants. This sack and stuff ain't just came out. It was back way back then. So it went away and then coming back. And uh, it, and, and that's sad. It really need to go away. But now let's go a little bit further. Let me give you some old, more some old Bible here. Now, but I think God the struggle is real. Now, in the book of St. John, the 8th chapter, St. John 8 chapter, but I thank God for the struggle is real. But you know what? The only somebody that can really set you free from the struggle is Jesus Christ. The struggle began in in, in uh, Rebecca's womb with Esau and Jacob and went forth, and it still exists today in family. It's so important that husband and wife, y'all got to work together. Because if you don't, the devil will tear y'all up. If the devil will tear y'all up it really will. The struggle is real. Am I making sense to anybody? Somebody said, I didn't come to church to hear all that, but you need this. You need to know that family need to be family. Husband and a wife got to stick together because the God puts you together and the devil trying to destroy you. Now, Jesus said in St. John, the 8th chapter, verse number 36, he said, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I thank God today that, that Jesus is the only somebody that can really set you free and give peace in your family. He's the only somebody that can do that. If the Son, therefore, make you free, anybody free today, you shall be free indeed. The struggle is real. And the reason why it's real, because we made a conscious decision that I want to serve God. He came into this world to bring us salvation. He sent his son, Jesus. He died on the cross for my sin. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And the struggle began right there. The fight is now on. Now you're getting away. The devil is here. You're getting away. You're slipping away. I got to get you back. So the struggle is real. So the son is who set us free. But I want to read you something in the book of uh, Romans. I'm almost done. Romans, the seventh chapter. The struggle is real. Don't let the devil fool you. Now, as I said, I pray for everybody that decide to give their life to Jesus because I know the devil is after you now. Man, you got a big target on your back now. You can join any church you want to join. You can join Church of Christ. You can join Jehovah's Witness. You can join the Church of God. Just name the church, a Catholic. Join any of them. But when you really give your life to Jesus, the devil coming at you. He really coming at you. He don't want you to do that. Don't give your life to Jesus. In a lot of other religions, they they don't require you to give your life to Jesus. Just come to church and be a good member and pay your tithes and pay your offering. They don't require very much. You, you, can, you, can, you can do. Uh, a man told me a long time ago, oh, man, y'all probably never heard it like this before. He said, Thomas, I was a little sanctified boy. I was about 16 years old, saved, sanctified, going to church and living a good life and stopped doing all the bad stuff. He said, Thomas, religion was never designed to make your pleasures less. Y'all never heard it like that before, have you? He said religion was never designed to make your pleasure less. In other words, religion wasn't designed for you to stop doing what you was doing. You can still do what you're doing. You can still smoke your pipe, smoke your cigarette, and, and, and have your girlfriends and everything else. And you're still a religious man. It wasn't designed to stop you from doing all those things. That wasn't a bigger lie the devil ever told. <laughs> You mean I can do all that and, you know, and I can, oh, man, it sounded good, bro, James. (laughs) You mean I can still do all that? My girlfriend stayed right down the street, and when I got saved, I told her, I said, look, you either come to church with me or I'm going to have to let you go. That's what I told her, point blank. Love that girl, James. I said, look, I'm going to church. I'm enjoying church. I love Jesus now. I said, we, we, I, I ain't coming over. To, if you, if you, we want to be together, come to church with me. Then we can be together. Then we, we'll date and we'll talk about marriage down the road. She wasn't ready for church. And I was ready for church. And as much as I learned that girl, my high school sweetheart, as much as I love her, I'm ready to go to church, and she ain't ready to go to church. Guess what happened, bro, Obi? I, I went to church and left her down the street. So religion, Jesus, caused a division between us. I accepted him, and she wasn't ready for him. So what I'm trying to get y'all, get y'all to see is really sometimes we, we think and we want to put it on the preacher. It's, it's not me that bring a division in the family. It's, it's Jesus Christ. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's going to bring the vision. Because if one believes and the other won't, it brings the vision. Jesus said, do you think I come to call brain Pete? No. I come to, to cause the vision. I want this man to make a conscious decision. And if it's everything connected to him, if they really love him, they make one too. I want this woman to make a conscious decision to give her life to Jesus. And everything that connected to her, they'll make one too. If you really, really love them. Look at where we at here. Uh, Romans 7 chapters. Did I give you that? Yes, Romans 7 chapter. I'm going to show you. Uh, Paul understood what Jesus was saying. He whom the Son set free is free indeed. The struggle is so real. What I'm saying, don't let now, now, that was a woman about y'all. Heard the story of uh, Naomi in the Bible. Naomi, everybody heard that name. Naomi. She was a a, a lady in the Bible that married a, a a a woman named Ruth. Had a son, and Naomi married Ruth's son. They were and 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 they was a happy family. And uh, Naomi' uh, husband died, and he went on to be with the Lord. But anyway, the relationship between Naomi and Ruth was so close, so close, that even though uh, she lost her husband and and the other one lost her son, the relationship in the family was so close, the data won't separate. Most of the time, just like on yesterday, we finalized my, my good friend, uh, Michael Small. He lost his wife, Trish beautiful family most cases uh after uh Michael wife gone now he really legally is no longer uh her dad name was uh Briggs Elder Briggs is really no longer Michael's dad in law and it's just a matter of time Michael stop, might stop going around and move on and do something else, take another wife. But I said that to say this, but in Naomi and Ruth's story, the way it go, uh, uh, Naomi loved her mother-in-law so she didn't want to take another husband. I'm just going to stay in the family, and, 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 and mother, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And, and so much so, what I'm trying to say, get to the point down to the, what, what my punchline is just right here. Uh, Naomi told Ruth, her mother-in-law, she said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, your God going to be my God. Your God going to be my God. And my God going to be your God. In other words, she accepted her mother-in-law faith, her religion, just being born, married to your son and being in the family. I love the family so much. Her statement was, it's in the Bible, God it wrote it in the Bible. She said, your God going to be my God, and I'm going to follow you wherever you go. That's a powerful statement to make. Most of the time, after marriage, and the death of one or two of the spouse, they part and go another different way. But she said, "No, I'm gonna stay with this family, and I'm gonna serve the same God, the God in the old and this was in the Old Testament, old Testament so they was serving Jehovah God, the God, the God of Jehovah. He was known as Jehovah. He was known of a lot of other names too." But she said, "I'm going to serve your God." Back, a lot of people back then they serve idol, idolatry. They worship everything—sticks and stones and calves and you name. It. They worship all kind of idols. But she made a conscious decision: no, your God is going to be my God, and I'm going to stay in this family. And she did, and she did. So what I'm saying is, the struggle is real. We have to uh, be very, very careful. Don't uh, you know? Uh, and when I think about you know. Politics. I'm trying to be real. Po- nothing separates folks like politics. You got the Democrats. You got the Republicans. You got the Independents. You got the with a Whig party going out of business, and you got a Tea Party. They don't. They don't. They don't exist very much now. But they were keeping up some stuff one while, causing a lot of problem. But I'm saying uh, nothing divides you like politics and religion, and it shouldn't. I was talking to a man one day. He said, Thomas, at the end of the day, let me tell you something. He said, them people, they all rich, man. You and I, we still struggling. I don't care about no Democrat. He he got money. I'm trying to get some money. I don't care about no Republican. They they got money. They have been stealing for years. They ain't gave me any. They haven't given me any. I don't care about neither one of them. Y'all follow what I'm saying? They still stealing money. See, what they understand uh, division, the struggle is real. If they can keep us divided, fight, oh, I'm a Democrat, Oh, I'm a Republican, Oh, I'm with him, I'm with her. If they can keep us divided, they still take taking money out the back door while we up here dividing and arguing fighting. Just keep them arguing and divided. They won't see what we're doing. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I don't get into all this crazy stuff. I know what they're doing. Over cross street, he he a Democrat. I'm cross street, and I'm a Republican, and we 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 at each other. Yeah, y'all y'all Democrat. Yeah, y'all Republican. And they stealing out the back door. Man, you still (laughs) poke. Am I making sense to anybody over here? I forget about all that stuff and let love us some Jesus. Well, uh, 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 politics divide people, and religion divide people, and and and, and But this is a religion when religion re divide people. This is a good divide. I thank God for the divide that religion caused. When when I accept Jesus, that separated me from the Muslim folk because. That's not re- That's not right. When I accepted Jesus, that, that separated me from all the other different fake religion that, 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 that they don't know what they're doing. But Jesus is the real thing. Jesus is the reason that we're here today. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Jesus is the reason. And this, but but I don't mind being divided when it comes down to religion. I really don't, because this is a good divide. Because at the end, at the end of the day, the Bible said, uh, uh, at the, at "The day of judgment, we all gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're gonna be judged." This is a good divide, and I thank God for this divide versus the other divide that gets us nowhere to get other people rich and wealthy, but leave you nothing but with a big squabble and argument with you, with your family and your friends. This is a good divide, religion. I don't mind being divided over what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Love your neighbor." Love your friends, help your family, live a good life. This is a good divide. Now, notice um, um, in, in Romans, the seventh chapter. Let me read this. I'm going. I'm, I'm almost done. You know, I, I want to say this to people. You know, uh, there was something said at the funeral on yesterday that, that I really took note of. I wrote it down on an on 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 obituary that they handed me. They were saying so many good things about uh, uh, Trish and she going home, and they were saying she had so many friends. And they said, Trish was a person, she just continued to make new friends. She had lots of friends, and she made new friends. And here's the thing they said about friends. Sometimes we shut ourselves off, and we don't want to make no more friends. We got a lot of old friends, and we don't want no more. I want to encourage all of you, make as many friends as you can. Jesus said, uh, now, here's the thing about making friends. Some people, I hear folks say, man, I ain't got no friends. I had a coworker told me he he lost his mom and dad and a lot of family members. He said, Thomas, I ain't got nobody, one of my co-drivers. He said, I ain't got nobody. I said, what's going on, Gerald? He was moaning. He said, man, all my people gone. I ain't got nobody. It's just me. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, see, you got somebody. I ain't got nobody. Said, you know, Gerald, that's really kind of like on you. You it's your it's kind of like your fault reason why you don't have no friends because you didn't make any. You you just stay within your that little circle right there. One day that family circle gonna be broken and one day all of them in the circle be gone. You you gotta you gotta get outside of the circle and make you some more friends. Some people don't like making friends, but you gotta you, we need friends in this world. Jesus said, he said, make friends of the mammals of this world. Make friends. You need as many as you can. And then they said in, in the funeral, we, we, we really uh, 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 made the light come up with me, and I wrote down on my, my obituary, one of the person said, he said she, she said, make friends, old friends, new friends. The old friends are silver, and the new friends are gold. I said, I like that. So make friends. Keep your old friends, but make new friends because your old friends are civil and your new friends are gold. Don't y'all want some gold in your life? Huh? Yes. You just want civil? You, you don't want to broaden your territory? You just want to keep the folks you know? When I moved to the neighborhood, uh, stayed, this man street, right across the street, we right away made friends. All the other neighbors, some down the street, some up this, they, they look at me, over out there, we talking. We talk about the car, we talk about the truck, we talk about the job, we talk about trying to make us some money. We talk about everything that we want to talk about. And some of the neighbors down the street, they, they don't talk to me, and they stand back and look at me over there talking. What they talking about? We talking because we friends. You standing way back over there and you don't talk to nobody, you don't have no friends. If I need something moving, I can't move by myself. I got something I can go over there and say, man, can you help me move this? He run over there, oh, sure. And same thing with him. If he got something going on and he needs a help hand, all he got to do come right across the street. It, 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 I'm, I'm right there. But the man up the street, he needs something done. You got to do it, boy. You, you just don't have no friend. We got to make friends. Keep the old. But make some new friends. The old are civil and the new are gold. So I thank God i I I got a lot of gold. i got a lot of silver in my life, and i got a lot of gold, too. I encourage you all to make you some friends. And don't let anybody make you feel bad about making friends. Nothing wrong with making friends. You need friends in this world. And sometimes people will talk about you because you make friends. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They'll talk about you because you make friends, and you have friends. And I'm going to tell you something else about friends. Sometimes friends uh, want you just to be their only friend. Uh oh, uh oh. So me and Obi friends, but Obi don't want me to be friends. What the, What the guy right up the street from Travis? Me and Obi friends, but Obi don't want me to be Travis friend. But see, I can be Obi friend and Travis friend at the same time, cause Travis know how to build stuff. Travis build houses. That's what he do every day. He's a carpenter. And man, every now and then I need a nail put on my house somewhere. So Obi can't. Can't do that. And so I go up the streets. I had him over the other day. He fixed something in front of my house. I tried to do it. I couldn't get it lined up for none. Went right up the street and got trapped. Come right over there and do it. He did it while I was at church. Come back home. I said, Oh man, that looks good. All I got to do is paint it. Make you some friends. Am I making sense to anybody? The struggle is real. And don't let nobody make you feel bad because you got friends. You never know who you need. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something different right here. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I, I met a lady. I told my wife one time. We, we, we had some folks right here in this church. I mean, this particular sister. I told my wife, I said, if I could ever get her to be my friend, if I can get this woman on my side, on my team, I really have something going on, Obi, because she had influence. She knew a lot of folks. She talked to folks. Folk hang around her. People follow her. Folks will go with her everywhere. If, and, and me being a preacher business, I'm thinking like this, right? If I can get her on my team, man, this whole side of the church would be filled up. That's what I'm thinking about. I did everything in my power to befriend her, to get her to be my friend. But I, it just didn't work out. So I had to move on and find somebody else to be my friend. Sometimes some folks just don't want to be your friend. I met him when one day. He told me he, 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 he owned an auto part, Sykes Auto Part out there in South Memphis. We was talking. He said, Thomas, I'm a good person to know. I said, really? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm a good person to know. And you know what? I Me and him became friends. I need him to work on my car. If I need some parts, to go to my car. All I gotta do is go to Sykes Auto Park. Y'all make y'all some friends. Listen to listen to what he said here in the word. I'm gonna let you go. I'm almost done. But if you don't make you no friends, you 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 really can have some problem in this world. Romans 7, chapter verse number 14. Check this out. He said, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, soul under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. So I'm trying to show you, the struggle is real. Sometimes we find ourselves doing things. You ever done something you really didn't want to do? I have. So he said right here, for what I would, that do I not. I don't do what I really should do. But what I hate, that I do. I've done so many things I hate it, but I did it. Why you do it, Thomas? I couldn't help myself. Verse 16. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Verse 17. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I couldn't really help myself. That's what Paul is saying. He said, I couldn't help myself. I really didn't want to do it. You'd be surprised. The struggle is real. You'd be surprised at the people that are doing things that they really don't want to do, but they can't help themselves. They can't stop. The struggle is real. Well, I'm going to show you who, who, the, who the answer, where the answer is. He said, verse 17, Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, dwell no good thing. And you know when you think about that, now, now it takes some nerves to say that. In my flesh there dwell no good thing. You as a person, me as a person, uh, really there's really no good in us. The reason why we're good is because Jesus is in us. It's the God in me. It's the God in you. That's the only thing that really make us good people. Without Christ in me, I don't think any of y'all really like me. Without Christ in you, I, I I don't think I could stand you. Cause we all know where we were, where we come from. We all come from different walks of life, mm-hmm. we, different backgrounds. You was into this, and I was into that. But without Christ in us, there's really no good in in a man. There's no good in a woman. That's why I, I encourage men and women: if you're looking for a companion, don't ever marry a man. Don't love the Lord. That makes sense don't ever take a man don't ever marry a man that don't love Jesus go to church cause you gonna, you getting a devil and every, and every now and then every, let me say it like this every now and then if you marry him and he don't love Jesus every now and then them horns gonna come out <laughs> y'all listen to me you gonna see those horns they gonna come out he gonna cut up and so uh, the struggle is real now because there's no good in no man, there's no good in no woman, there's no good in nobody outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. For for to will is present with me, but but how to perform that which is good, I find not. I, d- d- how to. Do what's right. How You you can't do what's right without the Lord. This is why people mess up so much in life. You can't do right outside of Jesus. Am I making sense to anybody up in here? Outside of the Lord, you can't do right. Outside of the Lord, brother, you going to mess up. I don't care how, how much she loves. I love y'all. And they can tell me she loves me all she wants. But outside of Jesus, I'm going to mess up. And outside of Jesus, she's going to mess up. If you don't love the Lord, the devil gonna cause you to mess up. Do something wrong. So he said, he said, now, dwell in me, uh 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 that dwell is no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform it, that which is good, I find not. I don't know how to do it. So I thank God for Jesus. And I can say, like that man told me in South Memphis, he said, you know, people, uh, you know, I think you really need to get to know folks. Brother Obie, if if people really get to know you, they'll know you're a good man. If people really get to know you, uh, my brother and my sister, they'll know that you're a good person. But people won't take the time out to get to know you. They'll criticize you. They'll talk about you. Oh, I don't know about him. Oh, I don't know about her. Get to know the person. You gotta get to know a person for yourself, and never go based off what nobody else said about nobody. And that, that's always been one of my things. I never let nobody tell me nothing about nobody. Oh, don't you, don't you fool with, uh, don't you fool with Janice? That girl'll fool you now. Don't you, don't you, don't you fool with Mother Ivy? Oh yeah, she, she's a foxy lady. I don't listen to nobody. I find out for myself. Don't tell me about nobody. I'm gonna find out. I, I, let me get to know people for myself. Oh, I heard about you. I don't care what you heard. I ain't going I ain't listening to that stuff. What you heard? No, I don't even go about. It. I don't judge nobody about what nobody else say. Am I making sense? Yes, I hope I ain't just making sense to Thomas. But now he said, "Now look, look at verse number uh, uh, 19. For the good that I do, I do not. But the evil which I would." Uh, I would not that I do. So he said, he really said, I can't help myself. In verse 20 said, now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I to do it, but sin that dwells in me. And verse 21 said, I find in a law that, that that is within my uh, uh, member. I find in a law that when I uh, would do good, evil is present with me. Verse 22 said, now I'm bring home. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Verse 23 said, for I see another law in my member warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member. So Paul said, I see another law in my member. The struggle is real. The struggle to do the right thing is real. You, you wanna do the right thing, but it's a struggle. I, I want to treat folk right, but it's something always making me want to cuss them out. I want to do the right thing, but there's something in me that, that I just can't, I just can't do the right thing. I delight in the law of the Lord after the inward man, but I see this other law in my mind, and that other law is is, is the struggle. It's the devil. It's the demonic. It's the evil spirit. It's the prince of darkness. It's it's, it's, it's what what won't cause the division, the divide. Warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity. This is what we're trying to escape that law that's trying to bring us into captivity to the law of sin and death which is in my body. Look at verse number 24. It said, oh, wretched man that I am. Y'all see it. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? So Paul is saying, oh, wretched man. Sometimes people really don't realize how how wretched they are. Y'all see it. Oh, wretched. When, when wretched means ah uh, Ooh, let me look at what, what is wretched. Oh, wretched man that I am. Does word wretched mean miserable? Some people are miserable, but they don't even know it. They can't get along with their own selves. Some folks are their own enemy and don't even know it. And Paul is saying, I'm one of them. This is when he was in the flesh and when he didn't have Christ. He's the old wretched man that I am. I'm so miserable. It, it, have any of y'all ever been miserable? I've been miserable about things. When you miss miserable about something, there's a toss and a there There's no rest. You can't sit still. You can't stay long. You 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 can do it, but you still ain't satisfied with what you done. You got to do something else. The Bible said the wicked, they can't rest so they go out and do something wrong. When they do something wrong, they come home and sleep like a baby. Now, you the love of the Lord. We go out and do something wrong. We come home and cry like a baby. <laughs> what, I, what I do that for? <laughs> am I making sense to anybody. You love the Lord, the Lord won't let you do wrong and it don't mess with your conscience. What I do that for? The devil go out and do something wrong, the sinners go out and do something wrong and come home and sleep like a baby. Man, I stole all the money. And they come home and sleep good about it. Don't wake up to the police beating at the door ready to arrest them. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, he asking the question, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And sometimes we are trapped. I'm miserable. Who can deliver me? Who can deliver me? I need to be delivered. And he went on to answer this question in verse 25. He said, I thank God. Somebody said, I thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord So so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God But with the flesh the law of sin I thank God the, the struggle is real But I thank God that nobody but Jesus Who can, who can deliver me I'm so miserable this, I, I'm miserable a person I am Now the NIV reads like this He said oh what a miserable person I am Who will free me From this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Who can deliver me? I'm so miserable. I ate the whole thing and I'm still not satisfied. I took everything she had. I'm still not happy. Who can deliver me from such a life as this? Jesus Christ is somebody that can give a man and make a woman happy. I thank God for Jesus. That's why Jesus said he whom the son set free shall be free indeed. We are happy people. God's people now. We are happy people because God makes us happy. All the happy people just clap your hand this morning. Give the Lord hand clap. All the happy folk. Jesus made us happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. You happy. Thank God for the happy folk. And what gave us this happiness? The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He gives it to us. And he's the only one that can. He's the only one. He's, listen, the only life, I'm, I'm close. The only life that's worth living is the life with Jesus Christ our Savior. That's the only life that's worth living. And, people, and the struggle is real, the fight is real. You'll never have a fight until you start talking about Jesus. You can talk about any religion in the world. Nobody get mad at you like they will when you talk about Jesus. You can talk about Jehovah, ain't nobody gonna get mad. You can talk about the Muslim, ain't nobody studying no more Muslim. You can talk about the, the Catholic, ain't nobody worried about them Catholic folks. When you start talking about Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, then the devil get mad. He really get mad he won't cut up. But this is the only life that's worth living. And this is the only life that's, that you can live and you look for a better life on the other side of glory. Give the Lord a hand, and praise something done. God bless you. I hope I said something encouraged you this morning. But the struggle is real. I want you to understand. The struggle is very much real. And I thank God this is a struggle that's worth it's worthwhile, it's worth the divide and I thank God for blessing me to be in the struggle, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now I want you all to be the same way don't take nothing for the journey that we are on right now it's not worth it, it's not worth it, thank God for Jesus thank God for Jesus, the struggle is real I understand the struggle, it's real it's, it will divide, now if your house is divided what you do, you go on your knees and pray Lord, fix my house. If your marriage is divided, what you do? Don't don't leave. This ain't no church that, that, that divide husband and wife and part them. I'm not, uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and what I'm all about when I'm teaching his word. I'm, I'm not teaching that husband leave your wife because she don't believe like you do. I'm saying hang on in there. Pray for sister girl. Pray for brother man. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Just pray for her. Pray for him. Pray for her. No, don't leave her. God gave her to you. Keep her and pray for her. I told you I was in a church where they told you to leave them. <laughs> I was in a church. Me, me and that, we were down there in that church. That man dividing folks and city folks. Boy, I told Edna, we better get out of here. We ain't going to be together. <laughs> this man is separating folks. We, got, we left that church running, y'all. But I'm trying to keep y'all together. I am on your side. Amen. Believe it. God bless you. I hope it says something to curse your heart. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.